Welcome to Triathlonish. Today we have the amazing story of Zainab Rezaei, who became the first Afghan woman to finish the world championships when she crossed the line with just a minute to spare at 70.3 Worlds in St. George. Now today she tells us her story of how she learned how to do triathlon without even having access to, to swim, what it was like in Afghanistan, how she got out of the country uh, when the Taliban took over, and what her life has been like in the U.S., it's an inspiring story. It's a dramatic story. And we're so appreciative of her talking to us and telling us all about her journey. We hope you enjoy this as much as I did. All right, so this week we're talking to Zainab Rezaei, who is the first Afghan woman to race at 70.3 Worlds and finish, and I think you finished by, like, just under a minute, right? Uh, yes. Under the, under the time cut? Yeah. <laughs> was that, uh, was it stressful? When did you know that you were going to make it? That was very stressful. So uh, I was not sure if I can uh, make it to the finish line or not. Uh I had uh, a lot of pain in my uh, leg. I had cramps and uh, under my knee, under my feet were very painful because of the shoes. So I was not sure. I was just keep going, trying to keep going. And I could see like my husband was there. Jackie Faye uh, was there. Uh, they were cheering on me. Other supporters, other people were uh, around at the la- uh, last uh, lap of the run. So they were all cheering for me. But uh, I was alone. Uh, uh, there were uh, two or three women in front of me. I couldn't see anyone uh, behind me. So I was not sh- sure if I can make it or not. And before the race, I told myself, I'm not going to finish the, la- the last. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but uh, because, of, because of the pain I had uh, in my legs, uh, I couldn't... Uh, I couldn't finish it earlier, so but at least I'm. I was happy that I crossed the finish line. I was feeling a lot of pressure because uh, uh, I came to this race uh, to finish the race and uh, to be to be a voice for for the women and uh, girls of my country. And if I could not finish it, uh, I would lose the opportunity and. Uh, there has been a lot of people who have been supporting me um, throughout my journey, and uh, so I was feeling very responsible to to finish that race. Right, because you're also the first Afghan woman to do like any Ironman event when you did seventy point three Dubai, um, and you guys, I think there was like four of you who were kind of the first women to to really even do triathlon, right? So, tell us about yes. how you got started. In, I mean, I know. Uh, you started out running in, in university, but how did you find out about triathlon? So uh, I was training uh, for uh, an ultra marathon with an organization by the name of Freeze Run. And then there were not enough safe places in Afghanistan or in Kabul for us to train or to run uh, outdoor. One of the safe places was uh, a military camp. Uh, and uh, to get into the military camp, uh, 
we had to have some volunteers that they were helping us to get inside of the camp. One of these volunteers uh, was Jackie Faye. She was uh, helping us to get inside the camp and running with us. And we were running together. And when we were running, she was talking about uh, her triathlon journey, what she was doing. When we were training for our ultra, she was training for her last Ironman. She did six Ironman in six continents in one year. And she was talking about all of these things. And I could not understand any of them. I could not understand. I didn't know anything about triathlon. What is a triathlon? I didn't know about the distances. I didn't know it's three uh, disciplines. So when uh, I got to know more about Jackie Faye and what she is doing, um, I learned about uh, triathlon. And when we came back from our race in uh, Mongolia, she started, uh, she can try to train um the first group of Afghan women triathletes, and I was uh, one of the four uh, members. When you say that there weren't safe places to run, um, that sounds crazy, right? Like, what, so you guys just had to run around a, a military camp? Yes, yes, we had been. We started. I remember we started running in a backyard, and then uh, there were very few public places that you could feel safer to run. And this military camp was um, one of the other safe places. So when we say there were not safe places to run, it's because um, people, um, Afghan people, Afghan mindset, uh, not all of it, but most people, public cannot accept like women play outdoor sports. They run or cycle. Uh, It was kind of a taboo for them to accept it. And it was not... A common thing to see women running down the street, da- running down the streets or in parks. Their their mentality was uh, was could not accept it, and they uh, all they have been thinking about women is that women should be at home, take care of children, be in the kitchen, and uh, sometimes um, it's uh, and it's the majority of people. I do not blame. Um, Afghan men, even sometimes Afghan women, they could not believe that we were playing a sport. They could not believe that a woman can do sport sports. Uh, they themselves like were against women playing sports. Like women, I do not blame them because Afghanistan has been into war for several decades, and all they have been thinking was how to survive, how to feed themselves. And uh, that way, like the war uh, did not let their mindset grow. Uh, and not only women playing the sports, but also there were a lot of other traditional barriers for women, women activities to take part in the society to be whatever they want to be. Right. How did, if it's uh, not that common, how did you kind of find out about running then? Uh, so... I, uh, we were living in Herat. Um, Herat is a western uh, province in Afghanistan, and it was, I can say, it was more uh, conservative than Kabul, uh, the capital of the country, because in Kabul there were international communities, some international communities, organization, embassies, so the people mindset were a little bit more um, open-minded mm-hmm. than provinces. So in Herat, I didn't see anyone running, but uh, when I moved to Kabul to study for my undergrad, 
uh, I saw two of my roommates were running and that was so cool for me to see that two women are running on the streets and uh, uh, I know like in our education in our studies I know that the sport playing sports is good but again I didn't know a lot about like endurance sports about running about different kind of sport I just know that having physical activity or sport is good for for health so I started with that mindset that sport is good for my body but later I learned uh, how sport can help you have a strong uh, strong mindset or mind how it can help you advocate for your rights and how you can advocate for other people's rights mm-hmm. and how sports can uh, create a social change there's <laughs> all those things yeah yeah um so jackie uh like you mentioned uh she founded the she can try and so she brought the the four of you kind of going to start training you for triathlon but my understanding is you guys didn't know how to swim at all right like did not know how to swim yeah so we four uh we had uh, been running that mm-hmm. was the only sport that we four could do and uh then uh I did some cycling when I was a kid, but uh, I uh, I didn't uh, ride a bike for a long time, and also road bike riding a road bike was also a different uh, was different than a city bike or a normal bike. So, the first time when we were recruited, Jackie Faye took us to a training camp, um, and in that training camp, uh, she showed us like the first. She took us to the first to our first, I can say. It was the Dubai 70.3 uh, uh, Ironman in Dubai uh, in 2019. So she took us to that um, to like even just to see, but yeah, just to see by our eyes what we signed mm-hmm. up for. So that was the time that I see a real triathlon race by my eyes. And uh, it was so... I was so terrified when I saw people jump, uh, were jumping into the oceans, ocean and uh, started the su- swimming. I was doubting myself that am I going to do it uh, next year? Am I going to be able to do it? And I wanted to gri- cry. I didn't believe in myself that I cannot do it. And then in that uh, trip, she took us to a swimming pool and she saw that we could not, none of us could swim, none of us could even float on the water. And I still remember her face that how disappointed she was. And then after that, we started to watch some YouTubes and to start everything from basics, like how to float on the water, how to breathe. And that was the start. And then, um, uh, we were training for uh, in, in a swimming pool in Afghanistan for uh, twice a week, and uh, the swimming pool uh, was small and uh, very crowded and very expensive. Uh, we were training in that swimming pool, trying to u- watching some YouTube, but also we had some training camps mm-hmm. in UAE and in Spain that uh, some volunteers and Jackie Faye they were uh, helping us uh, with more techniques. And we were uh, we had the opportunity to uh, train in an open water su- swimming in an open water lake or or sea because we could not swim inside of Af- Afghanistan in a uh, in a lake or in a sea. 
that's about the swimming and about the cycling. We started uh, by stationary uh, stationary bikes okay. and uh, doing some spinning, uh, riding on stationary bikes. And it was, I don't remember exactly, but I think three to four months before the race that uh, we had our uh, cycling, uh, our, uh, our bicycles. Uh, Jackie Faye uh, flew two bicycles uh, from Dubai to Afghanistan and then we started to ride on them uh, in Bamiyan, which is a safer, uh, which was a safer province in that time. And also, we were also cycling uh, uh, in Spain and UAE when we were going to the training camps. Okay. Yeah, it sounds uh, very hard to prepare for a triathlon. <laughs> It was hard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because, I don't know, they were all hard, but because of the excitement we had about the the sport and the race, because we did not have all these opportunities, but now that we have these opportunities, we, we know it's difficult, but we were happy to, to accept the challenge and to do them. So that whole uh, journey was kind of to get you to the Dubai 70.3 a year later, right? So you went from not even being able to float to a year later, you guys all did the Dubai 70.3, right? Uh, out of four of us, uh, only two of us uh, participated to the Dubai race. And uh, my friend, uh, she uh, she could not finish the bike portion. So, uh, yeah, she could not finish the bike bike portion and I was the one who could uh, finish the race that's uh that's still it's very impressive to go from not ever seeing a triathlon (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah what was uh what was that Dubai race um like is that the that was the first triathlon you it's not like you had smaller triathlons to do before that right like that was your first one yeah yes that was my first one yeah um and then, I mean, then COVID happened right after that. So there weren't any more races, right? Yeah. So when I raced, um, I, I was supposed to uh, race in uh, World Championship, half Ironman World Championship. I think it was in New Zealand, mm-hmm. but because of COVID, uh, I could not do that. And COVID stopped everything, uh, all the trainings and everything we had, uh, it was stopped. So, so it sounds like what was already difficult training got even, it was just not happening then, right? Yes. Um, But you finally got the chance to do Worlds this year. And how did that opportunity happen? And you're in the U.S. now, so I imagine it was like a little easier to get there from, but St. George is a pretty tough course. So how'd you prepare for, for that? So uh, after that race, COVID started and then after COVID was somehow uh, getting uh, I, I can't say more common like when it started everyone was very terrified but later it was more common after that uh, Afghanistan situation was not good so the security situation was getting worse every day with the pe- Peace negotiation were going on, but on the other side, uh, Taliban were gaining more power um, because of the peace deals. And um, it was very difficult time for all Afghans, uh, including myself. Everyone was talking about peace negotiation, if there is going to be peace in the country or not. And um, so it, it really affected everyone's 
mind and daily activities. And in the uh, early uh, 2022, until August, that the Taliban gained power, you could see like Taliban were gaining power and province by province, they were falling under the control of Taliban. So it was so difficult for all of us to see that. Um, mentally, it was very hard. So, and and yeah, all all everyone like from children to older, they were talking about peace about Taliban, and uh, everything was related to Taliban. If someone wanted to make a decision, it was about the peace right. peace if they are going to reach an agreement or not. But during this time, I also applied for Fulbright scholarship, and um, that was under process. I passed the steps, and uh, I finally got the scholarship, got my visa, and got my ticket to come to United States on August 16. But the Taliban takeover happened on August 15, right. and after that day, uh, after August 15, everything was so difficult. Uh, like this past year has been one of my most difficult years uh, of my life that uh, I cannot forget. And uh, with that, like thinking about doing my program, my master's degree program, which is an accelerated MBA program, and also training was very difficult for me to balance all of these together. And uh, because I was in the U.S., my family were back in Afghanistan. I was so concerned about them. And I could say I was physically here in the United States, but mentally I was in Afghanistan. And because of the time difference, when it's day here, it's night there, and vice versa. Every morning when I was waking up, the first thing I was doing was to check the news um, if everything is okay or not in Afghanistan. Sometimes um, there was not, explosions were ha happening. But this has been my 21 and 22, right. uh, very challenging. And uh, I wish like I could do better if uh, I could have, uh, if I didn't have these challenges, if I could honor. Well, it's a lot, <laughs> it's I, a lot to I, overcome. So. Yeah, if I only could focus on my education and if I could only focus on my uh, training, uh, like this was what I wanted to do, but it, it was not possible. How did you, um, I mean, you so, were ready to come here on your Fulbright and, uh, and the takeover, the Taliban takeover, I mean, it happened very quickly. How did you even, uh, get out? And I know, I know the She Can Try organization worked pretty hard to get all of the girls, um, like safe. Uh, so um, t the Taliban took takeover happened on August 15, and my flight was I had my ticket uh, on August 16. When the Taliban take over on August 15, like everything happened in a few hours, mm -hmm. in two to three hours. Like we heard the Taliban are behind the Kabul gate, and then we heard one hour later maybe we heard that Ashraf Ghani fled the country and then in another hour the Taliban were already inside the presidential palace so it on that day on August 15 like a lot of things happened and uh, it was so difficult for all of us to di digest that it, it was a lot of emotions we didn't know what's going to happen to us very uncertain and we were very 
sad or upset what happened like we couldn't believe that the Taliban are going to take over Kabul because Kabul has changed during it was changed during the past 20 years like during the first from the first uh, Taliban uh, ruling until last year like there has been a lot of progress Mm -hmm. and you could see the progress everywhere we could not believe that all of these are going to be zero and we are going back to 20 years ago so it was a very difficult time for all of us and uh, my friends they were also Fulbright students some of them they texted me and said like all the commercial flights are cancelled and we cannot travel outside and uh, I was checking my flight uh, it was on uh, I was asking my friends because my f- internet was not good they were uh, they were looking at it and they they said your flight is, is still on but I was not sure because I could see the news uh, that there are uh, people are running uh, toward the airport mm-hmm. it's very chaotic and uh, I called, uh, like we called the customer service of Turkish airline uh, and we asked like if it's still on and they checked the system and they said it's still on. I think they didn't know about what was going on in Kabul's airport. So I was in contact with Jackie Faye. So uh, she was asking me to go to the airport the night, that night, but uh, the Taliban announced a curfew time that no one could uh, come out of their houses. And then the next day, early in the morning, I and uh, my husband, we went to the airport and uh, the, like a lot of things happened in between. This is just a summary. When we, we arrived at the airport, like we saw the chaos, everyone was going toward, uh, everyone was going to the airport. There was no security check, no guard, no personnel, no one, just people. And... Um, Taliban were in front of the airport. They were trying to take order of the people with their guns shooting in the air. And then inside it was the U.S. military who were shooting. And then all of a sudden when we were passing toward, when we were going from the main gate uh, toward the departure side, shooting started and it was a heavy gun fire. And... Finally, we reached at the departure uh, departure side of the airport, and you could see like the airplanes were full of packed with people. You could see like some old uh, older people they were trying to come out of the airplane. They were out of breath, and those air- airplanes they were were not supposed to take off. I was trying to go and uh, show my documents that I have a visa, I have a ticket. Um, Today I was supposed to fly, but uh, none of the U.S. military were listening to me, uh, and they were pushing me back. Uh, I, I was hurt by barbed wire. My my clothes were torn torn, and then I was in contact with Jackie Faye. She had a contact in inside the military who was an Italian officer. So he was asking me to to come and enter from another gate of the airport. But that was not possible because all the way we came inside the airport, if you wanted to go out from the same way and enter from the another gate, it was taking us at least two to three hours. And we were not sure if we could make it uh, make it or not. But 
once I decided to, maybe that's the solution, I decided to move to get out from this gate. And then the officer called me and he said, I'm here, uh, where are you? Uh, so I went to find, find him. He talked to the uh, US, US military and they let me uh, to go with him. And, and that was the time um, I said, if we didn't have even a proper goodbye with my husband. Um, I just waved my hand and say goodbye. It was not something that I have been ever imagining because uh, I was so excited for before like all these uh, bad news. I was so excited for my achievement that I got a Fulbright scholarship. I'm going to US to study for my master's degree. Uh, and I was uh, imagining with myself when I'm going, uh, I'm going to have my family, we are going to have a farewell, we are going to take some photos, some uh, kisses and hugs, but none of them happened. And it was very, very chaotic, like the way I depart, uh, I, I departed. And then he took me to the military side of the airport. At the military side of the airport, I stood uh, in a line, but they came to me and said, they told me, are you in this uh, flight? I said, yes. Uh, Isn't it a Turkish flight? They said, yes. So I showed them all my documents, but they said, you are not allowed on this flight because this is a charter flight. It was a commercial flight, but this changed uh, to a charter flight to evacuate the Turkish diplomats. So I, I I tried to tell them that I'm not going to stay in Istanbul or Turkey. I'm going to to US. Um, please take me. And after two times back and forth, one of them came to me and told me, uh, I'm going to make the decision and you are going to be with us on this flight. I, I got so happy at that time because I was so hopeless when they told me that I cannot fly with them. And when we uh, got boarded, it was 8 a.m. in the morning. Uh, by that time, like all the people were on a runway of the airport and uh, our flight could not uh, take off because of the people until 1 p.m. from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. We tried to make three laps uh, around the airport, but it could not take off until uh, the U.S. military, they uh, tried to spread out people from the runway. And in that flight, there were Turkish diplomats and high Afghan officials that uh, I could not believe. They were also escaping the Taliban. And it was, for me, I, I got very mad at them because... Uh, because they were responsible and now they are flee, fleeing, escaping and leaving uh, the people behind. And and when the airplane took off, it was a lot of emotions. I burst into tears. I didn't know when I'm going to come back. I didn't know when I'm going to meet uh, my family. I didn't know what's going to happen to, to my country. So it was a lot of emotions. And I was reviewing all my memories of uh, Afghanistan in a few it was like a few seconds or in a few moments I was reviewing all the the memories so yeah it was very difficult moment yeah yeah uh, it sounds uh sounds very very intense very difficult um 
And I gather you, uh, obviously you made it to, to Colorado and, and started your program, but what was it you said? Uh, it's been a difficult year. I think, I think that's an understatement. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't, um, sit with myself, with myself and reflect on what happened, like, and the evacuation and how I left behind my family. I could not reflect it until I arrived in Colorado after two and three days, but I was alone by myself. I was reflecting of what, hap- uh, what happened. And like emotionally, because of, I was far, uh, it was, I was far from my family and from Afghanistan, I was more concerned and it was more, more difficult for, for me. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed. I yeah, impressed that you still managed to do your master's program, which I know you said you're finishing up right now, about to graduate, and and do training and do the seventy point three worlds. Uh, why why did you, with all of that happening, why did you still want to do you know triathlon and running? I thought maybe uh, to keep myself more busy is a way uh, to not think about all of it, but also. It was difficult to manage and keep the balance of everything, to keep the balance of training in school and everything else. But the main motivation or the main reason was uh, the the woman and uh, the woman of Afghanistan because when the Taliban took power, they they shut the school school doors on on Afghan girls, and they did not let they have not let the girls after sixth grade to go to school and not only that they banned women from going to work and earning income they banned women from traveling alone and I know a lot of stories of my friends of the women I know that how difficult it is for them one of them is a single mother how when she doesn't have a man in her family how can she she afford afford to help herself and her children one of them is my friend. She wants to travel across provinces. Like she wants to study in Kabul or do whatever in Kabul, but also meet in a family in another province. But they cannot travel even inside the country without a male companion. So knowing how the Taliban restricted Afghan women and girls, um, that was a motivation for me to take this step and to do the triathlon. Also, when uh, Afghanistan crisis happened, later we had Ukraine crisis, unfortunately, and also some other crisis, and Afghanistan was forgotten. No one was paying attention to Afghanistan and to the crisis going on in Afghanistan and to, to, to human rights violation, women rights violation. So I thought that's a way for me, that, for me to to be able to advocate and raise voice for them. Do you, uh, you, do you worry about your safety at all now, now that you like you're in the news cause you're the first Afghan woman to, you know, do the world championships and, and you're, and you're talking about all this. Um, is it a concern? Uh, I'm not concerned about myself because I feel safe here, but, um, uh, because my family is still up in Afghanistan uh, I feel concerned about them. Was it uh, being able to finish that 70.3 World Championship? I mean, did you get a lot of response? You know, have you heard from a lot of people? 
uh, I did hear about a lot of people. Uh, there was uh, a national um, national radio that uh, they uh, posted a clip about me on Facebook. I read the comments, and uh, I I like the comments, like the Afghan people comments because uh, like everyone supported me especially the international community but also i really wanted to know about the afghan uh, afghans uh, feedback or comment especially the women and uh, it was so good to read their comments some of the women they were they were some of the women they were saying it's very inspiring uh, she's not doing only one discipline she's doing three disciplines she's studying like we should learn we should learn this kind of hard working so reading these comments that uh, they were saying it's inspiring i was feeling that it's kind of a hope for them that uh, if someone from them them like i'm one of them i was i have been like an ordinary afghan if i can do this like they can do do that too so I was like from some of the comments I could see like they they are praising but also they they want to do something for themselves they they do not want to stop they do not want to stop and they do not want to be stuck stuck by all the limitations that have been imposed on them yeah that makes sense so what do you uh what what are you going to do now uh so I'm going to graduate in three weeks first. Uh, I'm trying to focus on these three weeks because these three weeks are very important. I have some big assignments, some big projects uh, to do. And uh, after that, uh, to be able to stay in the United States, I have applied for asylum. Unfortunately, I have not heard anything back yet, but I'm hopeful to hear anything, um, to hear something uh, about it soon. Um, because it's difficult to not have any legal status in the country. I'm an, an a student visa, and it's going to expire in December. So that's very important for for me. And once uh, I'm sure about my my legal status, uh, I, I will try to plan for more things or more races. Uh, I have also applied for a job. Uh, I got an offer. I'm in the process of uh, taking a work authorization to be able to work. So I hope everything works out. Uh, they have been very difficult and uncertain in these past months right. because we have been waiting for them. And U.S. immigration is not very pro-immigrant. <laughs> so, the, yeah, first I hope that all these uh, things get solved and then I will plan for for more races well i hope we see you at more races uh and i hope yeah i hope it all works out obviously i know it can be very uh lots of paperwork very difficult yeah like doing filling the application forms writing the statements and waiting so yeah it's a lot of a lot of work not a lot of work but also the hardest thing is to wait and sit, uh, to wait uh, in order to see the decision, or something comes up, uh, or something come up. We applied. It's I, I think four months that I have applied, and I have not heard anything, and it's very concerning to me. Yeah. 
Well, uh, good luck. And I, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I know like, it's just like you have so much going on, but uh, it's, it's a very inspiring story. So I'm glad you uh, were able to share some. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you for the platform. I feel it's important to talk about uh, everything. Like, because like when you listen to podcasts or when you read the news, uh, most of it, they share one, one aspect of it, which is the good side of everything. But uh, life is both good and bad uh, up and down and it's important to talk about both of it uh yeah thank you so much for your platform that i could talk about my story and what i i've been experiencing yeah.